0: Wait, I was dating a program? Cro- cro- no, 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 We
1: no. <laughs> 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 really need to clean this line up on my accent, Mr. Is- Craig. <laughs> Welcome to episode 7 of Rockstar CMO FM. The M is for marketing, the F is for well, you decide. As we ask, does the world need another effing marketing podcast? I'm your host, Ian Truscott, founding editor of rockstarcmo.com and chief bottle washer at B2B content marketing agency at ProPingo. This episode was recorded on Friday the 24th of April. We are still deep in lockdown. Thank you for choosing us to keep you virtual company and I hope you are safe, well and staying sane. In this episode, I chat to Kate Bradley-Churnis, co-founder and CEO of Lately, an AI-powered social media marketing platform. We learn about Kate's path from reaching 20 million listeners as a serious XMDJ to becoming a marketer, how, with her father's advice, she turned the adversity of sexual harassment into an inspiring path as a serial entrepreneur. Hope you enjoy this conversation. We certainly had some fun recording it. Let's get this started, shall we? Welcome, Kate, to Rockstar CMO FM. Uh, I should say Kate bradley Chernis, as I just rehearsed saying your second name. Um, (laughs) um, um, Tell us a little bit about yourself and and how you came to be uh, on, on our radar as a Rockstar CMO.
0: Yeah, well, so you you just asked me how to pronounce my last name and it was Churnas and I said rhymes with furnace and yeah. and the reason I say that is because my husband is an actual rock star and his name is Churnas and they call him Churnas the Furnace. <laughs> He's a guitar player. Um, but um and I of course uh you know, I married him because at the time I was in the music industry as a I I spent a dozen years as a rock and roll DJ. Mm-hmm a bunch of places up and down the Eastern seaboard in New York and Vermont and Pittsburgh and in and, and, um, the United States, Carolina, and then landed at XM where we were broadcasting at the time. I don't even know what, what their deal is now, but at the time it was 20 million listeners. So that was like awesome. kind of a huge deal. I had to forget all the time. Like there's this radio trick. Um, you probably know it from podcasting where you just pretend you're talking to only one person. Cause if you really think about it, it's, a little bit overwhelming and terrifying mm-hmm. um but anyway so i, I met him yeah. through through radio because as a job hazard like uh, you know i only dated musicians unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah but yeah so that's the that's, that's, that's a whole lot of backstory in, in a couple seconds for you yeah
1: I um, yeah I, I, I genuinely believe we are only talking to an audience of one but um, <laughs> that's, that's just my that's just my English self-deprecation um, <laughs> um, but how did you then make the transition from being a DJ um, you know and taking the stage in front of, of a, the, the audio stage in front of 20 million people to becoming um, to getting into marketing and doing what you do now
0: yeah well you know, when I was at XM, um it was it was really fun because that was a startup at the time. I was there year two and a half. I started. Um, and I was the first music director for one of the, one of the channels, the Loft, XM fifty, actually. And um it was, you know, radio has a long history of being a boys' club and it still is. And mm-hmm. I certainly experienced that before, but suddenly it was just like on this much larger scale. And there was a lot of sexual harassment, which was I found annoying, um, but, but more more frustrating was I was constantly um, ignored. My ideas were ignored or I was mm-hmm. devalued or devalidated or not giving, given the credit that I deserved for successes we had, et cetera. And And I wasn't alone. The few other female programmers there had the same experience. And, but it was so intense, actually, the, the pressure and the stress around it that my body started reacting and I just ha- had all these ailments constantly. Mm. Yeah. So like talk about your body, like giving you a sign, you know, mine was starting to scream at me and um, it, it was, it was pretty incredible. So, so I made a transition, I made a lateral move to a different kind of music related company. And when I was there, same kind of thing. There was another boys club and I was dealing with all this stuff and my body wasn't healing. And I was also, I was just a crappy person to be around. I was Mm. really unhappy and complaining and crying all the time. And, and, you know, I just didn't know what to do. I was overwhelmed by, by, by so many things. And so my dad had enough of it and he lovingly shook me by the shoulders one day and he was like, you can't work for other people. And there's no shame in that. Wow. Yeah.
1: That's quite a revelation.
0: Yeah, it was a huge, because, you know, this yeah. is, I don't know, 15 years ago, and I, because, you know, you have this feeling where co- college does weird things to so you, or in school does it prepare, it pre- prepares you for a life that doesn't really exist, right? So you go into life thinking, okay, I need to get an A, right? And yeah. like, you're, you're doing all the right things, and you're like, why am I not getting an A? Because that's not how the world works, right? Yeah. And um, so understanding that mindset and then understanding that I could control it, you know, that there was this new, there was this whole other opportunity. And I was like, oh, yeah, I guess people mm. do this all the time. So I went home and my my now husband, but then boyfriend, Chernus the Furnace, um, <laughs> <laughs> he bought me Guy Kawasaki's Art of the Start, the famous startup book. Oh, wow. Yes. So smart. Yep. Yeah. And um, I read it. I read actually just the first couple of chapters, like right around like page nine or something. It said, don't make a plan, just get started. And then I thought, well, why am I wasting time reading this book? Yeah. <laughs> so um, the next day I actually went to lunch with a couple of guys who I didn't know at the time were angel investors, mm-hmm. um, but they were. And we hatched a plan. And, and literally that week they were like, we want to start a company with you. We, we, we love you. We love your ideas. Here's 50,000 bucks. And
1: I was like, sweet. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to say that out loud on the podcast. It was,
0: sweet. <laughs> it was sweet. I mean, my husband also was kind of like flummoxed. He's like, I just yeah. gave you that book. Like what
1: happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you ever get past page nine?
0: Um, No, I didn't. I, I, actually, I didn't. Um, <laughs> it, it, Cause it, it really did seem even before I got to page nine, it seemed 30,000 foot. To be yeah. honest with me, yeah, like there's yeah. no, there is no startup book that can tell you what to do. That doesn't right. exist because we're all doing things that have never done before, right? Yeah. So, um, and I'm kind of, I mean, I'm one of those impatient people who
1: doesn't read instructions. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. I'm, I'm the same. I do try and read, and i and I, have a, I, I love my marketing book collection. And um, and I, I came from a tech background, and I guess I learned marketing from books. Uh, but but uh, yeah, I I agree with you though about the impatience. So when was that startup? Was that lately that you, you're doing now? Or is that something else?
0: That was actually um, Outlandos Music. So mm-hmm. I I'm a huge police fan. I'm a big Andy Summers um, guitar fan. I'm my mm-hmm. husband's a guitar player. I'm, I'm into the guitars, and um, so and I love that name of their first record. It means Outlaws of Love, and I I I fancy myself a bit of an outlaw. And
1: yes. <laughs> So I stole their name. oh what little I know of you and our interaction on Rockstar, I think <laughs> uh, I think that's a good definition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: and it wasn't patented that name, by the way. Um, and so, so we what we built was actually a, a, a music taste making widget. It was like. Um, uh, so in radio, so I was in triple a radio, which is adult album alternative. It's a kind of a unique format.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and it's designed to play album rock, right? So all, all of the album, um, and, and not just the hits and then also different kinds of music, like your collection. you have jazz, reggae, rock, you know, whatever, all mixed together. Mm-hmm. Um, and w- I was really lucky cause I almost always did live radio. X- XM wasn't live, but we had to make it sound live. Um, which is another interesting bag of tricks that I learned on all of these things, by the way, apply to how I do marketing now. But with, with radio, what I love about it is to what I loved about my kind of radio is two things. Number one, the theater of the mind I, I find is incredibly powerful. Um, It's marketing is all about that. Right. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Um, And the way that the mind processes music specifically is all based on um, nostalgia. So in order to process any new, song your brain instantly accesses every note you've ever heard before in your life as you're listening to the song which forces you to experience nostalgia as you listen to music which is why it's so powerful wow. um and so knowing that when you're when you're wanting someone to discover something new whether it's you know a marketing idea or a piece of music you want to couch it or anchor it into something familiar right this makes mm-hmm. so much sense mm-hmm. and so if i'm a dj and i'm taking you on a journey it's it's it seems like a one-way street, but there's a two-way street here because I have to earn your trust and get you to go with me. I need you to get you to digest something you wouldn't normally digest and maybe even like something that you initially didn't like. That's like the best thing ever. Yeah. Um, and so I love that power and that control that I was able to achieve um, through being a radio DJ. Yeah. And so with, with marketing, um, by the way, we, we, I do that all the time. I'm constantly thinking about like, how can I couch a new idea and something familiar and, and take you along with me? Yeah. And at the time that first company was just two songs a day. It was a widget Remember widgets. Mm-hmm. And it was a, a new song and an older song segue together. Um, not sometimes by meaning, but I'm more audio or orally inclined. So like mm-hmm. it's important to me how things actually segue together and sound together. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what we did. And as I was marketing, That, um, and we pivoted that into different things, music-related things over over the course of a year. But as I was marketing that, essentially, somebody else came along to me and said, hey, you're really good at marketing that. Would you come and consult us, and we will pay you a lot more money, and you don't have to listen to any bad music anymore. And I was like, yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sounds great. (laughs) So, um, so, so that was your trip into marketing.
0: Yeah, so that was my
1: so so that was actually yeah. Walmart. Um, and so oh, suddenly so I had a marketing yeah. agency. Yeah,
0: yeah. Awesome. Um, and then yeah. when when
1: did when did lately come about? So
0: lately was um, <clears throat> fast forward ten years. Um, oh
1: no, it's ten years. I bet they were ten good years too. I should be exploring those.
0: Oh uh, well, <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> like. Yeah. I did get married during those 10 years. So that was awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but with, so I guess 2014 now we're in, um, no, that's not 10 years I'm lying to you. So that was the Walmart thing was like 2007, 2008. Mm -hmm. And then lately was 2014, right? So almost 10 years. So here I am. Um, I had a friend that I met through Walmart actually like someone that I had dinner with knew this person. And, um, introduced me to him and said you guys just really need to know each other over the phone like there wasn't zoom yet
1: mm-hmm. and
0: at the time from walmart i had built this spreadsheet system that got the walmart project 130 percent roi year over year for three years wow which was amazing yeah, yeah. and steve who's this new person i met knew that and so it was very curious and and i didn't know that he was a tech entrepreneur a serial entrepreneur um a CTO an angel investor he ha- he lived in this whole other world that I knew nothing about and he was just kind of harassing me about my <laughs> spreadsheets <laughs> like dude and so yeah. for a couple of years he like had he wanted to because I once I had the system for Walmart I took it to all of my clients because I was like well this yeah. works you know yeah and so um finally one day he was like you know why don't we automate your spreadsheets build some wireframes and and we just need $25,000 to do that and I was like get out $25,000 I I worked my whole life to make $25,000 and I'm buying my first house and don't touch my freaking spreadsheets (laughs) (laughs) so um anyway he did He did. He took the money (laughs) out of his own pocket and did it and and showed me a wireframe. So a wireframe you probably know is um, a blueprint of a website basically, right? Yeah. yeah. And he said that I was much nicer to him after that.
1: (laughs) Wow. Because
0: it was amazing. I saw, I saw, I actually didn't even, at the time, um, I didn't even see, I saw what he had done and I understood the power at the time. But since Mm -hmm. then, the number one thing that people tell me on a regular basis, is you don't know how big this is. You right. don't. It's much bigger than you think it is. So, right.
1: Right. That's, that's good to hear. And it also sounds like um, you were doing what all marketers uh, are supposed to be doing right now. You were data and programmatic led by the sounds of things.
0: Wait, I was dating a pro- program. No, no, no. no.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we really need to clean this line up Or my accent is terrible. <laughs> What I meant, what I actually said was from from uh, compose myself. We um, it's from um, you. You were doing like what a lot of marketers are supposed to be doing. You were you were being led by the data and being very programmatic about what you were doing.
0: Away. Oh, data led.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, yeah. I think we've been yeah. in lockdown too long. <laughs> Dating, you say? What was that? I, I remember going it's, out. It's that? very rock and roll.
0: And... <laughs> Um, Yeah, right. Exactly. And that's been, I mean, you know, and just tell me to stop whenever you want to, but like this idea of the, so some of the other things about music that have like tied into marketing for me are, like I said, at XM, we were not live. And so we had to make it seem live all the time. And, and even when I was live, I would, I learned to do different things to make you trust me And to turn up the radio and to come back, right? And so one of those things was um, something super powerful that a mentor taught me, which is silence.
1: Really? Yeah, see, I have to talk straight into that. I can't (laughs) use silence.
0: It's hard not to, right? (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah. Really hard, um, but one you, thing that, you dug the hole. I jumped straight in it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, you
0: demonstrated the point, right? So, yeah. like, it, it makes you react instantly. Yeah. So, if you're not jumping in like you did, or turning it up, right, is another another um, instinct that happens. Yeah. So, you know, what does silence look like in marketing? Is it is it space on a page? Is it when you're in a sales pitch? It's it's not giving the pitch right away it's mm-hmm. getting to know somebody and, and trickling your trickling out the um you know letting it lie like that's what yeah. i tell my team yeah. right yeah. um and then another thing that i really loved was this idea of leaving in mistakes so so that we would sound live and i would even make mistakes on purpose when i was yeah. live um but but trying to be like so so my radio voice ian is a little more oh. you know sultry <laughs> right, Rock and roll radio. So um, so, Late <laughs> night, night right there. Right? You're listening to, <laughs> what is it? Rockstar. You're listening to Rockstar CMO radio with yeah. Ian Truscott. <laughs> um, so, so I would try to tamper that with mm-hmm. um, goofiness so that I would be more accessible in general to women also because I learned, mm-hmm. I got the feedback. Um, and then also that dichotomy was I discovered was interesting and that's something that we do at, at lately all the time is right this juxtaposition between goofiness seriousness um getting you to cuz it all adds up to trust in the end right and that's mm. the most powerful thing that we all need in, in sales yeah. and marketing
1: yeah yeah and i love that and because the only i mean i wasn't a dj that had 2 million listeners Twenty million listens. I Can't remember what you said, <laughs> but um, I had. Uh, but it, when I was, young, and just you just made me remember this. When when I was young, I used to do a little bit of DJing, and you were always conscious of the next record you put on, whether it was going to clear the dance floor or keep people on. And you were trying to keep, like, keep, like you were saying, keep that, keep that trust going, that you were going to do the right thing. Um, and I think I think that's a, that's interesting. Um, one of the one of the other things. Um, I, I mean. I'm perfectly happy to talk more about music and marketing. That's that's really good. But I would like to share a little bit about, about Lately. Um, what does it do for your clients? I mean, you've talked about this spreadsheet at Walmart. you talked about the fact that everybody's saying it's bigger than it really ought to be. I really ought to let you have an opportunity to tell us a little bit about it.
0: Um, well, thanks, and great segue. So so Lately, by the way, is named Lately because your marketing is is only as good as your last piece, right? That trust, mm-hmm. like you just said, has to be ongoing. And so you have to continually like, you know, keep, keep it happening. Um, and it, and it's also named after that Van Morrison song. Have I told you that I love you lately? Mm -hmm. Um, but anyway, so, so what I, what I discovered from the Walmart project was that marketers don't like writing. They hate it. (laughs) People (laughs) in general hate writing. It turns out I was a fiction writing major, so I like writing, Um, um, and I found that there. The other thing I noticed was that there was a lot of long-form content, as there is now being created in the world, whether it's blogs, videos, podcasts, newsletters, and it pretty much evaporates after the fact, right? So mm-hmm. for all of marketing and sales, everybody is very much in this um, immediacy. Has been mm-hmm. trained to like think about the immediacy, the now of marketing. Whereas mm-hmm. you know, even ten years ago, I was already thinking, well, what how can we maximize like this legacy content? I'm going to, I'm right. going to call it. Right. Cause I just spent five hours writing a blog. And if you're just going to talk about it once publicly, maybe yeah. twice, and the headline will be something vapid, like check out my blog, kill me yeah. now. Then like, <laughs> what a waste. So, yeah. right? So what lately does is it uses legacy content like that to automatically um, learn what your customers care about mm-hmm. and then build a writing model based on what it learns so it can transform that legacy content into droves of mini movie trailers for, for whatever, you, whatever it is. So for right. example, this podcast, you would copy, paste, push button, 1.8 seconds. You would get several dozen social posts with matching mini audio clips and then you right. can syndicate those out to the world.
1: Right. Yeah, I've have seen it in action in my feed, obviously because I follow you and and various folks. And you did a podcast recently, and and I saw it happening in my very feed. So it was, it was really <laughs> it was really interesting. But well, that that sounds that sounds very cool. I'll obviously include a link to to your website and and a really cool product video that I saw um, uh, in the show notes. Um, one one other thing we were talking about before we started recording this was you were talking about and this. So this goes back to your, your background in music. You were talking about marketing being consumed like TV or music, like we're moving the way we're moving our consumption habits. What did you mean by that?
0: Yeah. So um, again, this is this idea of, of the legacy content because it was apparently it was really getting to me the waste of time (laughs) putting into this. And so, you know, the way that I, we've, we've watched people now, Show us that how they're digesting the things that were live radio, TV, etc. That's gone, right? We all want to after the fact, and mm-hmm. um, so we're binge watching, etc. Yeah. And there's no this because the value of li- of live there's. So in my mind, there's only one value of live, and the value that value is um, human connection in a, mm. in a space, actually, which is interesting what we're all yeah, missing right, right now, now and, yeah. and why, yeah. right? Um, but the information or the entertainment or whatever it is, that value isn't on the live. It's on the after, and which is why mm. we go back to it all the time, by the way. Mm. Um, and so this idea of taking media and giving us the ability to to listen to it after and chunking it is now actually transforming into marketing. Now I've been doing this for almost a dozen years, but mm-hmm. it's the same way. So if I'm going to take a piece of marketing and break it up or my, or content, right, break it up yeah. into, and trickle that out to you, your brain is already m- set to digest it in that way. So as marketers, we have to constantly now think about what are we producing that can be published and digested in that way. Right. So like I met a company, gosh, I wish they're, I can't remember their name. I feel bad about that. But they're, a, they, they do text marketing and they take, um, oh, they do text marketing for, for companies with like, like um how to use the products. And they mm-hmm. trickle out the how to's over text. Oh, so wow. they give you a lesson over time mm-hmm. <laughs> in little text messages. And I thought, oh, that's exactly That's exactly what everyone wants because like no one except for my husband has the patience to watch, you know, a 20 minute YouTube on how to plumb your sink. Right. Right. Yeah. Well,
1: I mean, um, yeah, I I heard an analogy, which is that the new marketing is going to be if Netflix and um, a webinar had a baby that we're going to start. You know, especially with us now all in lockdown and we're consuming a lot more video content and audio content, that we that this is now the way that we need to think. We need to think like Netflix, we need to think like Spotify and the way that we publish our content.
0: It, exactly. And like if I may, so this is how lately works, right? So right. lately it's artificial intelligence based. So so the same way Netflix learned what we all wanted to watch, right? And then it mm-hmm. took that data and started recommending you more shows based on what it learned. And then yeah see how smart they are they're like well now we know what you guys all want to watch we're going to create original content based on that data and make that the number one reason that people come here which now it is it's the most watched content on on netflix right yeah and that's what we do
1: too oh splendid and also um just to to move back to our backstage conversation that i i mentioned earlier on i was really interested and you put me onto this guy brian kramer and yeah. he was talking about human to human, which is kind of like what we're talking about right now. Now, I I um, I'm a little bit embarrassed because I've been talking about business to people, but, but human to human, and I, I, that's that's a one-sided argument. Business to people, you've recognised those people, but you're talking about business still. So, is human to human really works? Tell, tell us about that inspiration.
0: Yeah. So, so Brian Kramer is a friend of mine um, and an amazing marketing mogul. um, And mm-hmm. so he coined this phrase H to H, human to human. Mm-hmm. And, and the idea was there's no more, there's no more B2B, B, there's no more B2C, it's H to H, right? Mm-hmm. Which seems so obvious, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> to To me yeah. and you, because this is sort yeah. of our nature already, but to most companies it's still really hard for them to get their heads around yeah. um and you you're seeing it now more than every ever actually like with the COVID marketing which yeah. is frankly yeah. nauseating like if i hear one more yeah. commercial <clears throat> or read one more blog post that says like in these uncertain times you know yeah. come on like you don't need to qualify we're all experiencing experiencing the deal you know yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> um but yeah it's just it's so powerful like the I mean, it's very simple. You purchase things based on emotion. We all do. Yeah. Right. That's yeah. why they pitch a lot of stuff to women because they're the number one buyers in the household. Mm-hmm. Um, generally speaking. Um, and they, th- you know, that's what the data tells us is that women are more m- emotional. I'm not, I'm not saying this general fact. I'm saying this is what the data says.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Just
0: so, Haters <laughs> don't get on me. <clears throat> um, and probably why they like you know people spend so much money during on ads during um used to spend money on ads during soap operas. Now I feel like I'm yeah. dating myself because I don't even know <laughs> soap operas exist anymore.
1: Well, <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, uh, my marketing education tells me that soap operas are called soap operas because of the adverts. So um, because they originally used to advertise soap. I think I think it was a, one of the big right. Yeah. And they're so emotional. Somebody invented them way back in the day in the US. It's true.
0: And I mean, and they're so emotional based, though. So like, what a great time to get someone when they're like open, you know. Um, But yeah, so so this idea of, you know, emotion based marketing, um, it's very, it's, it's very, how do I say this? It's very wolfish, right? So like, we're not dumb, we know when to Mm. get you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. when we know how to do it and we and it's this idea of making you trust me we've been talking about this before um in order to to buy from me and the 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 power sorry to cut you off the power of and it it also by the way puts a big focus on -on one-on-one marketing which is costly but the power of that is actually so much greater because of the after effect because i it's because exactly what i used to do which is there's a big difference between a listener and a fan Mm -hmm. if i get you to be my fan.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: you're a whole nother mouth for me a a microphone right
1: yeah 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 for sure and I um, what I thought was interesting there is that um well lots of what you said is interesting I didn't mean to just pick on one thing um but the (laughs) the human to human thing is interesting because I tend to work in b2b primarily and um I actually think that the emotion around a b2b purchase is actually higher than if you're deciding what you're going to buy based on what you see in the soap opera because your career could be on the line, your, you know, your status in the office could be on, you know, these are, these are big emotional things for people. So I think, I think that in B2B this is it's incredibly appropriate that um, you have this human touch and, and this empathy for those emotions that are going on.
0: True. And also admitting it. I mean, I, I don't, mm. I think that's the, that's probably been the biggest hurdle is like, let's face it, like white men in an office <laughs> Admitting that the purchasing is based on emotion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it <laughs> yeah, is. It's, it's,
1: yeah, it's a good point. And um, but it, yes, and I, I'm just I, I I've got turned on to turn into Brian Kramer. I started reading his stuff. I think I think you're absolutely right to be influenced by him. I think um, it's it's really interesting work. Now earlier on, you said vapid checkouts in your um, you were talking about um, the old blog. The old blogs where we just say check this out and then it would die. And you actually in for, and for the for people that don't know, on on Rockstar CMO we have a regular piece called the Rockstar CMO Swim Pool where we throw all the bullshit and snake oil of marketing in in the vain hope it would never return. Um, so and, and when I spoke to you last time, you you chucked check out and, and vapid um, CTA's into the Rockstar Swimming Pool. Do you still stick with that, or is there something new that we can we can bung the filter up with?
0: Well, that one never gets old. I mean, I hear, it, <laughs> I hear it all the time. Yeah. It does. I mean, it is a pet peeve. It just irks me uh, yeah. because there's, you know, the, there's so many beautiful verbs that you can use that, can, you know, can replace that, yeah. that one. It's just I think so you said
1: verbs are your friends as a, as your, a marketer. Yeah.
0: They are. I mean, you know, this is, again, we have this, there's the emotion, but then there's the standing out. That's a big, big part of it. And verbs help you do both. You know, I was telling someone, um, so I have a book that I'm, it's right here in my, in my, I don't have an office full of books at all. I have an office full of weight weight equipment at the moment, like a lot of people do. Um, but in my drawers, I have one book and it's called L is for lollygag, quirky words for a clever tongue. And it's one of my favorite books. Um, it has Ooh. nouns and and verbs also. But but like, I'll just read you a few of the words. Um, contrawise, pugilist, helter-skelter, whirligig, bellicose, capricious, wow. knickerbockers, right? So... These are interesting. Yellow-bellied. There's a great one, um, yeah. and and some of these are over the top, and you don't need to be over the top all the time. But I I use them to jog my my memory and my mind, and um, you've seen me do it, like whether yeah. it's verbs or I mean, so in real life, Ian, I I mean, I swear like a sailor. I'm a foul mouth.
1: <laughs> People that listen to this podcast know that of me as well.
0: <laughs> oh, do they? Well, well, so like. <laughs> I love that show. We I just binge watched Ballers the last couple of months, and I was like, "These are my people." (laughs) It was awesome. Um, So, so, anyways, in order to replicate that online, because I don't think that's the smartest thing for a CEO to be doing, for me, anyways, for our business. No, you're right. You're right. um, So I, I have to, but I have to get it out there. Like, so you'll see me say like. Holy hot butter peanut butter <laughs> sandwiches, or like jumping yeah. jalapenos or just yeah, stupid I've corny because I'm corny, you
1: know. Yeah. I I think you're right. And I think that and um, and this is something that really to explore um about appearing different, I think is important for brands, absolutely. And I think that you know you're obviously doing that very well. I think these words are really interesting, but also the fear of doing that. I mean, I I as I said I'm from B2B tech background. And almost every you ask a question of a marketing team, and they all scurry away and look at what their competitors are doing. And then you create this sort of goldfish bowl of of vapidness, to use your word there. Mm-hmm. And it's all the bloody same. And then what? Um, I, I only and I I actually have done this. I, I've I've cut and pasted content from the website of the vendor that I was working for, and put alongside it the content, the copy from. Um, our competitors and ask the executives to identify what was ours oh and they gosh. can't you know what i mean we're all that's the leading amazing. vendor of bloody bloody blah right so i think i think that's really interesting to take that a little bit further from what you were saying about the vapid cta what about the vapid content you know? that is like the best trick i'm going
0: to share that with like my marketing consultant friends because <laughs> they think that's a challenge that people have is like how do you get the brass to like understand yeah. the value
1: yeah you that's have to be sensitive smart. to it and uh, you know, you're not hurting
0: anybody's feelings, but you know, it's, it's the way to go. Yeah. And the thing is too, one thing there is like, this is, this is about making money, right? We're not just talking Mm. about here's nice ways to connect with people for for the fun and joy of connecting Mm. with people. Like, let's be honest, this is yada, yada, you know, like, Mm. (laughs) like I'm not the, the human to human thing is it's not a fluffy. Yeah. Um, whatever dress we're putting on here. It's like, it's, it, this is very, very much business oriented. And um, I think that's the hardest thing that people don't get. Even like, you know, we've been noticing with my own team, um, like just because you're on social media that I think a lot of people take this for granted, just because you're on social media, doesn't mean that you can hard pitch somebody or certainly cold pitch them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, Now it used to be a little bit more flex because there was this sort of like new idea and this new platform. And just because we're connected, I do trust you, but that has actually changed. And the standards have gotten higher and you have to do that, that more um, trickle out behavior that I was talking about before, you know, start the conversation and and everybody's eyes roll, right? Because first of all, salespeople don't want to do work the same way marketers don't want to do work, (laughs) (laughs) but like, Hey, guess what? You know, St- mm. this is life takes work like this mm. is the deal it's not instant
1: well that's what gets me about when people are talking about social selling like this new thing it's um you, you're establishing a relationship and that's this, that's, that's that's selling that sells and marketing all the way but what i also liked uh, was your mention there of growth and, and uh, i'm conscious of times so i hope you're, you're fine with karen chatting but um do you think that marketers have lost their way a little bit in the fact that we're here to sell something
0: um you know uh, hmm. meaning like which way which way like like that, that we that just that we, that we just churn
1: out all of this me-too content and we don't oh. actually think about the building relationships and actually closing a deal and making some cash
0: yeah, for sure. They don't. There's an, in and, and it's on both sides, both sales and marketing teams and their bosses like still are I, they're I mean, that's why they're siloed. Why is it even called this different things? Like it should mm-hmm. just be called sales or marketing or smarketing or I don't know what it growth. is, but like, yeah, yeah. yeah, I mean like my growth. Yes. Growth is the, is the name that's the, that is the best thing to to, to call it. And, and in the startup world, they are doing that. I've noticed as well. Um, there's this weird, there was a weird thing there for a while where they were calling customer service, customer success. Like we've been followed into mm. that, you know, which is, I mean, that, that's bullshit. Come on. Like people can <laughs> can read right through that. Right. Um, but yeah, it's, I think it'll always be a weird battle. Like yeah, maybe, maybe we'll change it, but it's kind of like I was a line cook yeah. for a long time and it's like um, the waitrons, which we call them in the, in the kitchen. Sorry. Wait, that waitrons <laughs> versus the line cook. Uh, you know um and and uh that that constant friction you know yeah, yeah. of devaluing each other's um role in the
1: yeah and well, um, it was actually fun i was going to raise when you're talking about and human to human and, and talking about the game because i think the other thing is is that when when we're when we're selling and being insulted we know that we're in that game right that, you it, to, to suggest that you're going to sneak up on somebody with a, a bit of social selling and they won't realize they're being sold to is, is ridiculous. You know, you, we all know that that's the human to human thing, right? We know what's going on here. A
0: hundred percent. And like, so here's yeah. a, a friend of mine actually once told me this, which is, it's great. And once you know it and then look for it, you'll see it happening. Salespeople love to be sold to. They love it.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I've known a few. And, and there, there was one guy that I worked with and one of his favourite things was buying cars. He just loved to buy- <laughs> well, I mean, sales guys stereotypically like to buy cars anyway, but he just loved that whole, you know, research the game. case, the negotiation, the game. Yeah, he just loved yeah, it. Yeah. as a sales guy, you know. You're absolutely right. Um, well, um, I could, I mean, we clearly could talk to each other for a long time and I'm I'm, I'm conscious of the fact that we had this one listener and they they. up. Uh, <laughs> I may have hung up my. But so finally, where can people find you when they spin the dial on the interwebs um, and, uh, and on on Twitter and, and and LinkedIn and 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 obviously TryLately.com? dot com.
0: Yeah. Um, so Ian, you are cool. Yes. um, dot <laughs> and they can get me um, directly at kate at TryLately.com and at all the social fabulous places we're at trylately. Um, yes. So, Yeah. It'd be awesome. Yes. Thank you so much.
1: No, well, thank you for your time and thank you for the conversation. I'll include all the links in the show notes uh, and thank you very much. That's it. Episode seven, Rockstar CMO FM in the can, ready to be pressed and loaded into your podcasting jukebox. Thank you for listening and to Kate for sharing her backstage story. Lots to take away from that, personally I like the advice from radio about your silence and I think we could learn a thing or two about that and how mistakes makes us authentically present and we make a few of those. As this is only episode 7, we'd love your feedback. You can find us at CML on Twitter and LinkedIn and please subscribe on the podcasting platform of your choice if you did like what you heard. Until next time, I'm your host, Ian Truscott. Please stay safe, stay well, stay sane. And thank you for listening to Rockstar CMO FM.
0: You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business?